Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Today is part two of an amazing three-part interview with Pastor Joe Schimmel of Good Fight Ministries. And in case you missed any of part one, you need to go back and catch up. I mean, Pastor Joe's ministry is totally dedicated to shining the light into the darkness of Hollywood. He's been on the front lines for over 30 years, and his latest expose is all about exposing Marvel and DC Comics' war on God. Yeah, you heard that right. Their war on God. And you'll be amazed at what he's discovered and what he is sharing with us. Amen. All right. Without further ado, let's jump right back into this interview now with Pastor Joe Schimmel. So many people, you know, they watch Iron Man and all this stuff and, and say, oh man, this is really, you know, pure, you know, wholehearted, you know, American values. And 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 it it it's so subtle. That unless, as you said, unless you have your spiritual antenna up, you don't catch it. Like in your video here, you you focus on Doctor Strange in this video, but he wasn't always known as Doctor Strange, right? Can you share yeah. a little bit about what he actually started out as in this so-called comic series? Yeah, it's quite crazy with uh, Doctor Strange is that he's one of the main characters now, right? And they waited to roll him out because he's a sorcerer. They knew a lot of Christians, a lot of people have a hard time with promoting sorcery, even though the world's been you know, well-conditioned and the church has been well-conditioned through Harry Potter and so forth, who the writer of Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, admits being involved in like, you know, she admits there's been some witchcraft that, that's influenced her and how the character she said even strolled into her consciousness and so forth when she first started writing that she was in planning on writing for kids and she even talks about an audible voice when she narrates you know so a lot of kids have been influenced by magic a lot of christians have let their guard down when when the bible puts sorcery in the same list brother bob as you know as it does with uh you know sexual sin and murder you know those are the same vice lists in revelation chapter 9 revelation chapter uh 20 uh chapter 22 verse 14 to 15 revelation chapter 21 verse 8 uh has sorcery and sexual sin together and god doesn't believe it's okay to write well it's just fantasy well if i give my kid a book about hogwarts school of sexual perversion it's okay because it's fantasy no it's an abomination to god you know so we shouldn't be fantasying about using witchcraft as well so with regard to uh dr strange is the interesting thing is and we prove it you know he rolls out and uh he's rolled out first as dr droom not dr doom but with a rhyming with Droom, oh. Dr. Droom. And I say that because it's a Dr. Doom, but Dr. Droom. And we show that uh, according to, uh, uh, you know, the, the the makers, we would look at Marvel, you know, and we look at Stan Lee, that he said he wanted to bring the sorcerer back, Dr. Druid. And Dr. Druid was based on Dr. Droom. And we show, you can just look up Dr. Droom on Wikipedia. You'll see that he became Dr. Druid and he became Dr. Strange. Well, <laughs> Uh, no pun intended, but strange enough, and truth is stranger than fiction, is when you look at that, you see Dr. Drew, and you took up Crowley's most popular picture, you know, where he's got the shaved head and everything. 
he's a you've seen it. He's a dead a dead ringer for yeah. Doctor Drew, and yeah. uh, he, and that and then they then they changed him a little bit. Made came Doctor Drew and his look a little bit. Then they brought him back as Doctor Strange. Well, the crazy thing is is you're able to prove the connection between these guys. First of all, their origin story of Dr. Droom slash Druid, because he has the same origin story as of Dr. Strange. Uh, the movie, they made him from America, but in the comics, he's from Great Britain. Now, Lester Crowley not only looks like him, but he's a Satanist from Lester Crowley, like uh, from Great Britain. He went to the Himalayas, Dr. Droom does, or Dr. Strange, like a Lester Crowley does. He, he brings uh, magic, synthesizes Western and Eastern mysticism uh, like Crowley. Uh, he uh, has a wife uh, named uh, Clea. Crowley's wife was Leah. Uh, he uses the eye in the triangle, eye of Agamotto, which is Crowley's eye of Horus, which represents Satan or Iwas. Uh, uh, he he practices magic in the Sanctum Sanctorum, you know, just like Alester Crowley, a strange place to practice magic. It's a blasphemous, you know, the, uh, uh, Latin for the Holy Holies. And that's where Crowley practices magic. Well, that's where Dr. Droom practices magic in Sanctum Sanctorum. And we we draw like, I don't know, 15, yeah. 20 different parallels between the two of them. Uh, so what's crazy about this is that we're able to show not only those connections, but we're able to show that Stephen Engelhart who was the main writer for Marvel through the 70s, 80s with DC, uh, 70s and 80s, back and forth with those two, revamping a lot of DC's characters more than anybody else during a lot of that time period. And uh, with the main writer for many, most of the uh, Marvel characters as well in the 70s and so forth, is we show that he was a member of Crowley's Ordo Templi Orientis. And I think we, we actually play the audio of him being interviewed by the leader of Crowley's Satanic Order, the OTO. And... And them, you know, basically rejoicing that they were able to slip these Crowleyan teachings in, or that I should say that uh, Stephen Engelhart was, and and we, we get we show you've seen the videos, and we show some really bizarre history, yeah, and we yeah. we play that interview showing that he, he's talking about how yeah, I, I, as member OTO, I was able to bring you know learn Crowley's magic and stuff and bring it into the character of Doctor of Doctor Strange. Uh, so and we actually show where he Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin, you know, he was has been in the past practitioner of Crowley's uh, magic and says big names are made today, not through ready, steady, go, but through practicing the magic of Alester Crowley. You know, their song, How's the Holy says your world's spinning faster. You're dizzy when you're stoned. You know, then it says, we heed the master's call, Satan and man. I mean, it's pretty obvious what they were about, but we show a letter that was written uh, from uh, Steve Engelhart, who, who was the ambassador for the OTO, Crowley's OTO, to Page, asking if we can use when we're in Europe, have our meetings in Boleskine House, which is where Paige says it was burnt to the ground. It was a mental institution. It was a church that was burnt to the ground. That could be a fake origin story, just glorifying the, the, the occult aspect of that. And he, he asked Paige if they can use that to have their OTO meetings, you know. So the connections are just rife. I mean, it's it's just, like I said, you can't make this up. And and we have the goods. And and guess what? I mean, I I, I would think people would want to know this, you know, yeah, so we put amen. this out because amen. it's the main, main influencer of young people today. One of the main influences at the very least. And we actually show it's a great witnessing tool because you're able to show young people, hey, look at what's going on. This is real because a lot of young people and a lot of the young people, I feel so bad for them because they're constantly, you know, being exposed to a lot of evil influences. But a lot of young people, by the grace of God, still hate being lied to. So yeah. when you can show them that there's a deception afoot yeah. and that this is actually revealed by the Bible and God's word had foretold that this would take take place and it confirms the truth in scripture. And even more so, we have the resurrection of Christ, the eyewitnesses. Yeah. We have the Bible itself, the word of God, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You know, we're able to bring young people and bring people to Christ through this, which is our ultimate objective. Uh, the Bible says, have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds of darkness. 
but rather expose them. So as Christians, we're commanded to expose these things. And we found this is a very powerful tool because we basically use the devil's work against him and expose it, even as David uses Goliath's sword to take yeah, off amen. his head. Amen. That's right. And and they're all focusing on this Gnosticism stuff. How did, how did, how did Gnosticism basically flip the script in, in these movies so that God's really Satan and Satan's really God? Man, that's a great question, I'm, and I'm, I'm glad you, you you see that. How important that is is, we see that from the very beginning, right? And uh, you know, Satan basically claims to be the liberator, telling Eve that he'll set her free from from Yahweh. And we see the Gnostics, uh, which basically they were influenced, right, by you know Eastern mis. I'm sorry, they were influenced by well by uh, Manichaeanism. That was from a lot of from the East and so forth in Persia. But there are different Gnostic groups, and but the Gnosticism that is identified as Gnostic has its in what we call incipient Gnosticism or proto-Gnosticism in the latter part of the first century. It's already being dealt with uh, by the Apostle Paul in First and Second Timothy and by John and First John because these Gnostics had entered into the church and and they were interest they were influenced by the mystery religions and so forth. And we they call themselves Gnostics because it's based on the Greek word gnosis and it's through gnosis that you become aware of reality and they have these secrets and if you look at masonry if Crowley had a Gnostic uh, level I think it was eighteen uh, was you know or that's just Rosicrucian level I think but uh, he had what he called the Gnostic mass but you go back to the first and the second century where it becomes more fully formed other Valentinians and other Gnostic groups what they did is they inverted everything and that's a great question what they just asked I'm like wow. Uh, because it fits it really well in exposing kind of the bigger picture of what we just came off on. Because there's always been this war between God and Satan. And, and Satan, God just allows to exist. He can squish him like a bug, but he's allowing him to exist, to draw as many people as will come to him. And, and as many as will come to Christ will be saved. And he'll separate the sheep and the goats, uh, the, 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 the chaff and the wheat in the end. But God allows this rebellion to take place between Satan and the other fallen angels. But what happens is, the Gnostics claim that Jesus was that God was evil. Okay, they turned everything around. God becomes the devil. The the creator of the physical universe is evil. Therefore, matter. A lot of people when they talk about Gnosticism, yeah, they believe matter is evil. That the physical world is evil. But they don't realize oftentimes, even sometimes scholars, why they believe it was evil. They believe it's evil because they believe Yahweh was an evil God and He created the physical world. And uh, not to get too deep, but just to say a few things because it lends to understand. I know you've got a, a mature audience that that that, that obviously because of the content you deal with, but they believe that this ultimate depth was a spiritual being that's impersonal, and a bunch of emanations came off of him. One being Sophia, uh, one being Logos or the Christ Spirit, which is not the Jesus Christ of the Bible. And Sophia wanted to know the ultimate depth and couldn't know him, and in being upset with with not being able to know him because. He, he, he deceived her by creating a false image of himself, and she went to that image. She gets ticked off, really upset, and she creates the uh, she creates this evil God known as Yahweh, the biblical God. And he has, according to Gnostics, depending on which tale you listen to, a, a low IQ, but an incredible power. And he creates the physical universe and the, the earth and humanity, but he's trapped humans in these physical bodies because he's an evil God. And Sophia uses the serpent, depending on which tale, sometimes Sophia is identified as a serpent. Sometimes she's identified as channeling through the serpent and uses the serpent to set Eve free and humanity free by the philosophy of do what thou wilt. 
break the rules, break the laws set up by Yahweh, and you can be free from these his tyranny and free from these physical bodies, and you can become gods because he wants to keep you from being gods. And when God says there's no God before me or after me, he doesn't realize there's a whole history before him, and he's a Johnny-come-lately God, and we can all be gods and go up to the Pleroma and be one with you know, the ultimate depth and so forth. So it gets crazy because in the first and second century, you see this maturing. And it basically, I mean, it is geniusly demonic. I mean, it is inversion where God becomes the devil and the devil becomes God and good becomes evil, as the Bible says, and evil becomes good and putting yeah. darkness for light. It's all reversal. So what happens is this is pure Satanism called Gnosticism. But brother, in the second century, uh, there was a whole lot of history of the Christian church. Thank God they had the 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 the, the apostolic writings, the, the teachings of Jesus, the Gospels, which uh, which show that Jesus is born from Mary, that he's human. So when John says, uh, when he talks about the spirit of Antichrist, that they deny the Father and the Son, and they deny that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, the Gnostics didn't want to believe Jesus Christ came in the flesh. So they believe one of these eons, like Sophia, was the Logos that came upon Jesus, then departed Jesus before the crucifixion. He really didn't die for our sins. Jesus was just a man. We can all have uh, access to these powers and so forth. So he becomes just a way short to occult knowledge rather than the one who gave himself for the sins of the world. So what's crazy about this whole thing, this is where it gets really crazy, uh, That you're, uh, is is it's all inverted. So Satanism today is rooted in Gnosticism. That's why Aleister Crowley will have the Gnostic mass because they realize their history. It all goes back to Eden where the serpent is glorified. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, talks about how Satan deceives the whole world. He's called the red dragon, the devil, Satan, and the serpent of old there. So he's identified with Satan as well. So I'll bring that to this point now. Stephen Embahard, who had such a huge part in developing Dr. Strange's character and brought some of the Crowleyan stuff that there was already Crowleyan stuff there uh, from Stan Lee and, and, and they're working on it in, in Marvel before Stephen Englehart joined the crew. But he has a story and and you've seen this because you've seen the video. We show the panels where he's going back in time. Dr. Strange is going back in time to stop uh, uh, a character who is Genesis spelled backwards. And he's trying to stop this character. And you don't know that till you go back, back, back. And this character is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And as this character is getting bigger and bigger, because he's going back in time, sucking up the power of other magicians, like, you know, going back to King Arthur's time. And Doctor Strange is this little being, and uh, they can't stop him. And he continues to go back in time. And by the time you get to uh, Genesis, he goes before time, and it shows him recreating the entire Marvel Universe which looks a lot like the universe had looked like, but he becomes a creator of the Marvel Universe. And his name is Sisseneg, okay? And he's an evil being. And Sisseneg creates the Marvel Universe, but he's evil because he goes to Sodom and Gomorrah and he sees the homosexuality and so forth or the sin, and he's going to judge it and rain fire and brimstone upon it. And Doctor Strange is the good humanitarian say, no, don't do this. These people are really good deep down. And Sisanek says what they're doing is evil. Like says it in the panels. And he destroys them. It shows Lot and his wife and kids leaving Sodom. You know, it's definitely taken right out of the Bible. It says Sodom and Gomorrah, you know. And so it's an inversion where the Sisanek, this evil being, is the one that judges them. Where Crowley, in the form of Dr. Strange, is, and, and Steve Englehart, he's an OTO member of Crowley's group, uh, of the OTO, Crowley's OTO. He's the one that writes this. And he, uh, Dr. Strange is portrayed as this good guy because, but judgment from God is really not God. Because in Gnosticism, keep in mind, Yahweh is reduced to just a God, just like Sisseneg. 
who just has mm-hmm. too much power. And then it's interesting that the very near the end of the comic, you see, he says, no longer call me Sisseneg, but call me Genesis, which is Sisseneg backwards. How Lester Crowley taught his disciples, like Stephen Englehart, to learn to write backwards. We documented this for many years long before I've been exposing this, and they sold their souls for rock and roll. So you're seeing pure Satanism, brother, being promoted with these characters, and now they've rolled them out because guess what? The world's ready. That Even the Christians will accept Dr. Strange now because they've been dumbed down regarding the occult. And now the, a lot of the church, it's heartbreaking, but it's true, is just unaware. We need to make them aware. Say, hey, brothers and sisters, please be aware that a lot of these influences are demonic and we only have a short life here. We should be living for God's glory and spend our yeah. time bringing people to Christ. And if we're going to be entertained, not against entertainment, make sure your entertainment isn't promoting sexual perversion or uh, occult practices and trafficking and demonism. Amen. Amen. And, and how did how did Hollywood get involved with Aleister Crowley and, and begin to promote his beliefs through Marvel? I mean, th- th- there had to be something or someone that initiated all that. Yeah, there's a book uh, on Hollywood in Babylon by a Satanist uh, named Kenneth Anger. And he goes through the early history of Hollywood in that book. And he's a Satanist. Uh, also, uh, he's been arrested for picking up boys. You know, sounds like a lot like Crowley. Crowley said uh, sodomy will be accepted. And the family is public enemy number one. And he called uh, marriage a, a hideous institution and so forth. And he he said, let us, you know, he's going after the boys, not only of England, but he said, I turned my way to the United States. And the whole philosophy of do what thou wilt became do your own thing in the 60s. Feels good, do it. Crowley became, you know, a, a hero of the 60s. But prior to that time, even as Kenneth Anger points out, he was a co-founder of the Church of Satan, by the way, along with Anton LaVey. Uh, he points out Crowley's influence on uh, you know, Hollywood and how they were cocaine crazed and and so forth. And and I'm not gonna say that he's influencing all of these guys, but a lot of them were into the same kinds of things that Crowley was into as far as uh, drugs and and so forth and and mysticism and so forth. But uh it's been of late in the last, you know, since the 60s and onward that there's been this strong connection where they're actually acknowledging uh connections whether it's in hollywood you know directors writing gnostic themes and so forth occult themes uh and and the music and so forth the crazy thing brother is we had the goods when we exposed they sold their souls for rock and roll and we have a lot of our stuff on our on our good fight site on online uh, where we show a lot of the stuff that goes beyond what we show in that video we're going to try to update the video uh this coming year uh because but we so we update it basically through a lot of the online stuff but as you know, that video shows the occult history of pop music, you know, oh, and, yeah. and when we expose that, I thought, man, I had these things, quotes, you know, from Jimmy Page, John Lennon saying the whole Beatle philosophy was do what thou wilt, you know, putting a Lester Crowley on Sergeant Peppers and that we have all these clear connections. Brother, in the comics, I had no idea that we have way even more evidence with these guys just blurting it out because i think the times that we're living in they're becoming yeah. more candid they're about old. their occult associations mm-hmm. can we show interviews where they're boasting about the satanism that they practice and how they they utilize crowley's so crowley's uh stuff and so forth so it's come a long way since the early years of of uh yeah. hollywood because satan is always trying to push the envelope i tell people do you ever realize on you know television uh movies they're always trying to get away with as much as they can. It's like it's yeah. not like they're trying. Many of them. It's not like they're, they're always. They can make a ton more money on rated G movies, brother. We know that those yeah. rated G movies yeah. make a, the most money often when there's a well done movie. But they're not. A lot of these guys are not about 
as much as they love money, many of these guys, they're about being cutting edge, being seem cool, seeming cool around, around uh, their their fellow movie makers. So uh, unfortunately, you know, we're going to see more and more of this. And I believe that's why they yeah. waited for a while to roll out Doctor Strange. But now he's had a couple of big movies and he'll continue to be a favorite probably. Oh, yeah. And and in this Doctor Strange series, there's always that reference to the God of Genesis. And and the battle, like you said, is, is disguised as, you know, our God is the evil one. And he's there yeah. to save us. And, and that's just... That didn't get under my skin. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you love. That's because you love Jesus, man. Because we're, you know, true Christians. As Christians, we're called to hate evil. You know, yeah. Amen. Job was Amen. praised by God because he hated evil. You know, yeah. and clung to Amen. good. And and Amen. as Christians, I think we need more uh, fire in our hearts for Jesus and and realize what He did for us. And you know, it's it's when I cried out to God, I wasn't saved from my sins. I cried out to God because I wanted to know who God was. But when I got on my knees and cried out to know him, I knew in my heart, the only God that all my music was against and all my lyrics were against Christ. You know, I'd write yeah. songs, your myth is your God, your, your God is your myth, your myth is your God. I was, And I didn't realize why I was so antagonistic toward Christianity. I wasn't antagonistic toward Buddhism and, and all these other religions, you know. Yeah. And then uh, when I cried out to God to know him, I realized, man, that Bible, man, I got to find a Bible. I know it's got a couple laying around the house somewhere, dusted off. And I began to read it and realized, wow, it shows us that history is linear and it's not cyclic. It, it's There's things that are cyclic, but history is linear. It's moving towards culmination, Armageddon, and there's a battle. And the Bible says in Revelation 16, 14 through 16, that the spirits of demons go forth to the kings of the earth to gather them together uh, to the battle of the great day of God Almighty, which is called Armageddon. And the Antichrist, the false prophet, they bring forth this global new world order uh, you know, uh, and they they establish this new world order under this antichrist. And you, I began to first. I saw the gospel. My I, tears started going down my cheeks as I'm reading what Jesus did for me, realizing, wow, it's probably the first time I cried as a younger guy in a while for someone else. I was like, what in the world? Who is this Jesus? And then my heart just broke, and everything that was that was transforming. So I embraced yeah. Jesus, my Lord and Savior, is forgiven of my sins transformed by his grace and then man now i realize there's a spiritual war and yeah we're the warriors man we're the men standing up being warriors for god you know sisters man stand up and stand up for jesus you know and some churches the sisters are more warriors than the the men the men and women need to stand up together and fight for the children the scriptures say the last day god will turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and we need to be protecting them and full stop from these evil insidious wicked destructive uh manifestations of satan's kingdom amen amen you know and you talk in in the the video about steve engelhart he's a writer for dc comics back in the 70s and he's the one that that basically revamped the comic book characters into you know evil being good but stan lee got one of it he tried to actually stop the publication of the blasphemy right what were the results of that yeah well it's interesting we show a little bit on uh and, and it, that was when he was with marvel and we show uh where you know some of the main writers were when they wanted to introduce you know stan lee said he wanted the the fantastic four basically to fight god you know and and uh we you know some say well did he really say that and so forth we have video clip where he says hey i was making god a superhero well he made god a superhero uh but the superhero was evil again you know and the fantastic four uh they ensued to stop uh you know the superhero and uh, but they didn't want to. He, Stan Lee didn't want to make him blatantly God, to where everybody would realize this is God, God, and uh, 
And then when they did that and they revealed that he is God, this is the God of the Bible, uh, Stanley was like, wait a minute, man, this is going too far, you know? And what they did is they faked a letter from a reverend over in Texas that said, I love your work so much that you guys have done on this with the Fantastic Four. And, and I think it's great. And they gave this, you know, Stan Lee and so forth. And isn't this great? And he was like, well, because Stan Lee wasn't about protecting God's name. He was about what would be accepted. He was a major marketer. And he realized, well, even this pastor seems to like it because a kid supposedly from his church gave it to him. He read it and wrote in. It wasn't a pastor. It was all fictitious to, to string Stan Lee along saying, hey, this this uh, Gnostic theme uh, would be would be accepted. And the rest is history. So you see the nefarious lying, you know, they're liars, man. They're they're deceivers. Amen. And, and uh, from your private is, you know, we found out that, a lot of the rock and roll heavy metal bands, they were also followers of Crowley, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So we, we, you know, it's funny uh, you mentioned that because we show from, you know, the doors, Jim Morrison, the biggest of the fifth, biggest of the sixties, uh, Jim Morrison, we show him the doors huddled around a bus of Alester Crowley on the album 13. I mean, he's singing lyrics like cancel my subscription to the resurrection semi-credentials to the house of detention, which would be hell. And he talks about how he was in touch in his journals with the spirit, uh, the spirit of music who identifies as Satan. That's Jim Morrison. But we show them around a Buster Crowley. We show what I mentioned already with John Lennon and saying the Beatles philosophers do out thou wilt, quoting Crowley and having a picture of Crowley and Sergeant Peppers, which they said they put their heroes up there. But Jimmy Page, we've already referenced, you know, uh, his relationship with Crowley. So we'd shown that all the way 60s and 70s and 80s and Sting, you know, being the Crowley and all these other guys in the 80s in the Crowley, uh, leader of Iron Maiden, you know, singing, do what thou wilt to be the whole law follower of Crowley's, many of Crowley's teachings, all the way to the current time where you have the rappers like Jay-Z, uh, uh, the, the biggest, most successful rapper of all time, having a hoodie, do what thou wilt on it, and his wife, Beyonce, pop, biggest, the queen of pop, having rings with, you know, the Baphomet and so forth, and being married, of course, to uh, uh, Jay-Z. So we brought it all the way, sh- what's kind of interesting is I've covered s- all these major bands, a couple people said to me, hey, I noticed one group you didn't cover, man. You, you know, you didn't cover Steven Tyler and Aerosmith. And and is there any connections with Steven Tyler and Aerosmith? And I said, you know what? When I did, they sold their souls for rock and roll. I mean, that's the three-hour one is the abridged, you know, the Reader's Digest version. There's a 10-hour version. And I probably should have covered them, but I covered so much ground. But I really didn't look heavily into Stephen Tyler and Aerosmith, other than you know he you know he wears the skull ring and you know there's some occult references and so forth. And it's funny because I thought you know sometimes that was the only regret I had. I thought, man, I probably should. He'll be in the updated version. I should have looked more <laughs> into Stephen Tyler. Well, Vanity Fair comes out with an article, and I just click it because it's online and, and it's about Stephen Tyler's biography of you know the leader of of Aerosmith, the biggest, one of the biggest American bands throughout the 70s and influenced the 80s and, you know, American Idol, all that stuff. And and he says that they weren't making it, you know, his when he was young in the band. So he said he started practicing the magic of Lester Crowley. And he mm-hmm. said he was doing his sex magic with a girl. And during the time when they got most intimate, uh, they would both say a prayer. And he said the rest is history. Well, <laughs> 
like I said, you can't make this stuff up. And yeah, uh, people trip out because when they come to our presentations on music and or they're they're blown away because they're like listening to music all the time. They're professing Christian. They're like, I'm listening to a bunch of Satanists. I had no idea. I'm involved in Satanism all day long, you know, with my music choices and so forth. And the Lord calls us out of darkness, right? Calls us to be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And, and the scriptures say we're not to love the world and things of the world and all this of the world. And so he says, you adulterers, know you're not the friendship with the world's enmity with God, or makes himself a friend of the world, makes himself an enemy of God. So we believe it's important that Christians, when they become aware, because a lot of Christians just aren't aware, when you become aware that these guys are in darkness, they're being yeah. used by demonic forces, yeah. Should we really allow our hearts to be moved by these guys, or should we be seeking Jesus and singing psalms yeah, and hymns amen. and spiritual songs? You know. Amen. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for part two of today's great interview, Pastor Joe Schemmel, as he has been exposing fir firsthand knowledge of, of all the stuff that goes on in Hollywood to try and undermine our society and actually steal the soul of this nation. And he does it by stealing the soul of our children. And Pastor Joe's been shining a light on this for over 30 years. Folks, you have to go down and click these links to, to go and watch these these videos. I mean, you know, I'll put the links to the his first video, They Sold Their Soul for Rock and Roll, down in, in the, the links as well. But, you know, Dr. Strange, Aleister Crowley, and the multiverse of Satanism just rolls back the, the curtain on this and exposes how they've been planning this for years and executing it, and nobody cares. That's the worst part. Our children are suffering because of what they are doing underhanded in Hollywood, and Pastor Joe shining a light on it, bringing it to light, and believe me, the world of darkness does not like it. Amen? But you need to go down, click the links, watch these videos, and be sure to come back for part two, I'm sorry, part three, the conclusion of this great interview in the very next episode. Till then, this Pastor Bob reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. 
Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success. Thank you.